Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Last couple of hours of the show, there's going to be a lot about the border. Because you know what? Most of the media is not paying much attention to it. It's gotten the attention of some this week because the numbers of migrants at our U.S. border, particularly Texas and Arizona, is unbelievable. And of course, it's played down by a lot of the media. I'll talk about a, an asylum poll the El Segundo Times put out today, which is really laughable. But it shows you that people just do not grasp what's really going on. We'll also be talking to... Brandon Judd with the National Border Patrol Council. He's the president. That's the union for Border Patrol agents. But we'll begin this hour with Mark Krikorian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies, who uh, can't think of anybody else who explains this well and knows more about what's going on with our out-of-control U.S. border. And in a recent editorial, he said this is pretty much the first administration that just doesn't care that there's this many people flooding into the country. Uh, let's get Mark back on. Mark? Yeah, how you doing? Good, how are you? Okay. Yeah, I was just reading your uh, recent editorial, and of course it was all based on the fact that when old Joe Biden was in Arizona recently and he was asked about the border, are you going to go there? I know, there are more important things going on. Really? Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, with Title 42 expiring, and I said yesterday, and I'm sure you agree, most Americans don't even know what that is. But this is leading to this uh, current crush at the border as people are looking forward to it expiring and uh, getting entry into the United States for asylum requests. Um, wh what's your take on all this, beginning with Biden's more important things going on? Well, I mean, that was uh, it was really a telling moment. Uh, and it does it really does show how it's not so much that the people running immigration in this administration don't care in some sort of, I don't know, uh, dismissive sense. 
they don't believe that the American people have the right to keep anybody out. In other words, they think immigration law itself is like Jim Crow. And if the law is requiring them to do something, they consider it to be racist in itself. And so defying the law, ignoring the law, is actually noble in their view. So, in other words, it's not just they don't care or they're not very good at it. They, they are hostile to the idea of keeping people out of the United States. And that's but, just really disturbing. I mean, Joe Biden's been in politics for like 50 years. And I can remember even back when Clinton was president, a little bit with Obama, that they would often, quote, say the right things like, oh, we got to secure the border, right? And people should not come into the country illegally. You're saying that this has changed now and there is a definite philosophy in the Biden administration all the way up to the top that it should be an open border situation, that we kind of owe this to the world. Absolutely. Um, Now, you're right. Trump, I mean, not Trump, but Biden had voted for the Secure Fence Act in the past, all kinds of things. But, I mean, he's, you know, uh, his principles, it's one of those things like I have principles. If you don't like them, I'll come up with other ones. You know what I mean? And um, the Democratic Party, though, which is what he's following, has moved consistently to the left on immigration, even before Trump. But I think Trump being president really ramped it up. So, you know, the I mean, if Trump said it's good to comb your hair, you know, a lot of people on the left would stop doing it. Right. Um, and it's similar with immigration. Immigration has sort of become Trumpified in the eyes of many uh, top Democrats. And therefore, anything that Trump would have done has to, by definition, be bad. And they just uh, kind of tell themselves, well, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. Well, no, it won't. Um, yeah. His people, you know, when Biden's people were uh, taking over from Trump's people during the transition, they were told, look, if you do these things, it's going to be bad. This is what's going to happen. And they said, ah, nah, it's nonsense. All of those things have happened. But you're making it sound like that's fine with them. They kind of understood these things were going to happen. They just wanted to say to the press, it's not going to be bad. But it is bad. And then he continued to see things like the border is secure. They continue to to put us into opposite land. When is this going to dawn on the American people in bigger numbers that this is a real burden? I'm sure, Mark, you've seen polls over the years about how many people around the world would love to come to the United States if it was much easier to do that. The numbers are mind-boggling. Yeah, hundreds of millions easily would come if they could. And we're starting to see it because word is getting out. Uh, you know, most illegal immigration at the Mexican border isn't Mexicans anymore. There's right. still a lot of Mexicans. But, you know, it's not even just Central Americans anymore. We're getting people from the Caribbean and South America and now more and more from Africa and the Middle East. We're getting them from Uzbekistan and Albania. They're coming from everywhere because word is spreading. And why wouldn't they come? I mean, basically, you know, they're figuring, look, eventually the gringos are going to wake up. So let's get in, get while the getting's good. And, um, that's why Biden, since he took office, so it's less than two years, he has actually released more than one and a half million illegal aliens into the United States. The numbers you hear, some of them are higher, but those are arrest numbers, and some of those people were bounced back, tried a couple of times, that kind of thing. But the number that really matters is he has let into the country one and a half million, at least, illegal immigrants, in addition to people who got by, got away because the Border Patrol was preoccupied. And none of those people are leaving. 
even if they lose their asylum case, if they ever show up for a hearing, whatever, it doesn't matter because nobody's going to look for them. So they're all here permanently, and we're going to end up, you know, hearing arguments a couple of years from now saying, well, we have to amnesty all of them, too. And when are the American people going to wake up when they start to see the financial burden of all this? They start to see. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, You know, one of the things this border disaster is doing is preventing the Border Patrol from patrolling the border. Because, you know, when two, three, four hundred people come across in one place at one time, cartels arrange that. The rest of the border is stripped of agents. They all have to go and deal with that. Well, cartels aren't sitting around waiting for the agents to come back. They're using that opportunity to get stuff across, whether it's uh, poison, fentanyl stuff, whether it's uh, criminals, or whether it's terrorists. And I'm just afraid that something's going to have to blow up before enough people pay attention to this and before the Democratic political class takes this seriously. I hope that's not the case, but I'm afraid it is. And it's clear that in other parts of the world, Central America, South America, they really do follow our policies. The fact that all these people are already here and Title 42 hasn't technically expired yet tells me that word travels fast. And I would imagine the smugglers have a lot to do with that. Oh, I mean, word word travels as fast as a cell phone call. Uh, And the fact is not just the smugglers, certainly, but even regular people who want to immigrate here illegally they know more about immigration policy than I do in a lot of cases, because this is, you know, this is their bread and butter. And so, you know, that's why when the vice president went down, remember, to Guatemala and said, do not come. And she said it twice. So that must must mean she was serious. Um, it doesn't make any difference because the same people who are watching TV and hearing her say that in Guatemala, then they get a call on their cell phone from their uncle or their cousin who just got let go by the border patrol. And they're like, okay, well, you know, that's the proof is in the pudding. The politicians can say anything they want, but I guess their politicians lie just like ours do. So uh, if our, you know, if cousin Jose just got let go and is on the bus to get to Chicago, well then I'm going to give it a try too. And then they tell all their neighbors and it it, it makes its way around the entire town village Quickly, do you think country and then continent? Yes, everybody <laughs> knows about it now. Do you think the Biden administration will do anything in the coming weeks with the fact that Title 42 is expired? They, I heard something about they might suspend asylum for a couple of months. They may they put out a uh, memo explaining what they're going to do. And I can see potentially in like emergency situation, emergency meaning it's a political PR emergency for them. They might do something like that. But their real plan that they laid out in this memo they released this week is basically to, uh, first of all, spend more money so they can process people more quickly into the United States, which is kind of not the point, not what people imagine they're going to be doing. But the other thing, and we actually reported on this first, they've now developed a program they started a couple months ago to pre-legalize people before they ever get to the border. They're working with Mexican authorities, and they're, you know, they're logging on to a you, you know, DHS website, doing all this paperwork, all that stuff, and then they escort them to the border and hand them over to our people who then let them go into the United States. And the important thing there is they don't come up in the arrest statistics. So the monthly statistics about how bad the border is, 
hey, they're not in there because they didn't illegally cross the border. So what's your problem? It's all legal, you know, in quotation marks legal. It's not really. Are these people um, so screened or anything? Solution. Are they screened or is there any effort to made to see who kind they of, are? Yeah, supposedly, uh, you know, they have to have some story of how bad things are. And so there's American law students, literally, who go down there and advocacy groups and they call up their hometown police department and say, hey, please, can you fill out this form about how terrible you treated them? And we're going to use that as evidence. And they have psychologists who they talk to and try to tease out the the deeply buried stories of trauma that they've suppressed. And then they write that up. And uh, that then becomes proof uh, that and they're led into the United States. It's unbelievable. Mark, before you go, I got to ask you, because you brought this up one time when you were on our show. Do you still go on these alternative media uh, broadcast stations where they refer to you as like some sort of racist xenophobe when you have these debates or you've given up on that? Well, I mean, I don't know if they invite me, I'll go anyplace. I mean, I do. I have debated some open borders folks at a couple universities recently. Oh, really? um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so it was. It, I, I think it didn't go well for them. But, um, but no, I'll go on. I'll go on any anybody who wants to. Uh, anybody who will have me on, I'll go on their show. Well, we thank Heck, you so I go much. On your show, you know. Yeah, well, you know, because uh, well, we know you come with the facts and you come with all the information. Thank you for talking to me again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. You too. Mark Corian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. We will have Brandon Judd from the Border Patrol Council in the five o'clock hour. Uh, this is, of course, about the surge at the border, which a lot of the media is not covering. A lot of America doesn't seem to care because they're not getting any news on it. It's not showing up on uh, social media, Instagram or Facebook, I guess. Uh, when I come back, the El Segundo Times, which is also in that parallel universe, uh, did a poll on asylum. And it looks like most people still support asylum, but there's a lot more to it. I'll explain. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app in one hour. The last Moist Line calls of 2022. There'll be two parts. So the one in one hour will be part one. Part two is coming away near the end of the hour. This is it. We're going to pack up the Moist Line for 2022 and look forward to 2023. After the news at 4.30, Steve Gregory will be my guest. LAPD announced big busts with the follow-home robberies. They believe this has been effective in cutting back the number of these. And we haven't quite has heard many of these stories the last couple of months as we were hearing earlier in the year and then going back to a year ago, the follow-home robbery uh, chaos that was going on. So he has uh, all the details of that. Uh, we were just talking to Mark Krikorian, the Center for Immigration Studies, about the surge at the border. And you heard him say it, that this is an open border crowd, maybe for the first time in the history of a presidential administration, whether or not Biden's calling the shots, it's unlikely. But uh, he's got the Mayorkas uh, puppet head heading up Homeland Security, and they have no intention of stopping the flow, which reached over 2 million migrants in the last fiscal year. And what's going on at the border just in the last month or so over the end of this Title 14? And by the way, a judge today said that Biden can't end the Remain in Mexico policy. That's another leftover from the Trump administration. And I mentioned that yesterday, and Mark agreed that whatever Trump did, we just have to reverse. And with immigration, this is dangerous. This is good. We're going to be overwhelmed. Uh, the El Segundo Times teamed up with YouGov to do a poll about how Americans feel about asylum. Okay, here's the question. 
Should the U.S. offer asylum? Hmm. Across parties, more Americans say the U.S. should continue to offer asylum to people fleeing persecution. Well, the response was yes. Democrats, 71 percent. Republicans, more split, 46 yes, 38 no. Independents, 55, 22 yes. All right, so that's the basic question. The idea behind asylum is that people who are being persecuted by the government should flee the country because then we will welcome them in because their government might kill them or otherwise punish them. All right, fair enough. Then we get, though, to the next question. Who deserves asylum? Hmm. People were asked how many of those currently seeking asylum actually deserve it. And as we talked about uh, many times on the show, and even Obama said this, most people who show up at the border requesting asylum are not entitled to it because they don't meet the definition of actually being persecuted in their country. And that's largely by the government. If the government is rounding up people who are speaking out against the president or the council or whatever, and they're, they're putting you in jail and they're uh, torturing you, yeah, that's a person that qualifies for asylum, right? Or in the case of some people are LGBTQ who are being persecuted because of that, that's grounds for asylum. But a lot of people are coming here because they're poor and they can't get jobs in their home country or they don't like the crime in their neighborhood. That doesn't qualify you, although I'm sure... The Biden administration is floating, right? I mean, you heard Mark Rikorian say that they're being given stories to say that uh, would hopefully meet the definition of persecution. So in this poll, huh, 48% of Democrats said most or all of those requesting asylum deserve it. But only 15% of Republicans, only 26% of independents. Those two groups understand that most of the people coming to the border do not qualify. That doesn't matter to the Democrat mob. And within that 48% is the extra woke open border crowd who believe we shouldn't even have asylum. Anybody that wants to come here should be allowed to come here. That's going to result in chaos. And we're starting to see it. But eh, right now it's only affecting cities like El Paso, Texas. Now I'm seeing that Yuma, Arizona is being overrun. Yes, New York City apparently has taken on the burden of more than 30,000 migrants. And they want a billion dollars from the government. Uh, we are a big country. This probably hasn't spilled into enough places yet for people to get worked up. We had uh, that big splash made by the governors of Texas and Florida earlier this year where they were sending some of the migrants to other places like New York and uh, Martha's Vineyard. That got attention. Maybe that woke some people up. But I don't think people really understand that if we open up our borders to the hundreds of millions around the world who want to come here, this boat's going to sink. That's just too much. An orderly legal immigration system is fine. And let Congress determine how many people. I mean, Trump tried this. He wanted to redo the whole legal immigration system, too, after he thought he had done some good work at the border with illegal immigration. But this administration and whoever is really pulling the calling the shots here. Holy mackerel. It is really wild, crazy open borders. All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll be talking to the man that leads up the union for the Border Patrol agents. Take you right down there to the source of the problem. Brandon Judd will be our guest at 5.05 to talk about this latest surge, which is even beyond on a daily basis what the numbers were for the last fiscal year. It's running ahead of that pace. 
Uh, right now, though, we turn to KFI News' own Steve Gregory. Uh, Steve, I ask you this. Mm-hmm. Your show, Unsolved. Yeah. Uh, the Idaho murder is about to move into that category, you think? <laughs> You know what? It's funny, but uh, you're the second person that's asked me that. But right now, uh, Unsolved focuses strictly on Southern California cases. So I guess it wouldn't qualify unless there was a connection down here. When do you think, though, a case becomes cold? Weeks? Months? I mean, is there any definition? Yeah, there's no no hard definition because uh, I've done cases where, you know, it's only about a year old. I've done cases where it's seven, eight months old. And some that are 30, 40 years old. So it, it the definition really is up to the investigator when they've absolutely hit and ex- hit a brick wall and exhausted all leads. Right. And But now because of DNA and other advancements in uh, forensic technology, they're able to take clues from many years ago and evidence and bring it forward. And they're getting more leads because of new technology from old evidence. Yeah, that little dead boy in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. How about that story? Yeah. Fascinating. But, but you're here to talk about LAPD's announcement. Sure. Some big arrests for these follow-home robberies, the task, the follow-home task force. Well, uh, it, it started November of last year because, you know, as we reported on this show numerous times and people were seeing the video on our web and on TV and just showing people, you know, uh, I mean, it started with smashing grabs and then people were, you know, literally following People, as they left a, a jewelry store or a high-end fashion store or whatever the case was, they'd follow them to, her, to, to people's cars or they'd follow them to their homes, and then they would pounce. Right. And, and, and a lot of times, most of the times, they ended in some sort of violent confrontation. So uh, yesterday afternoon, late afternoon, the LAPD announced the results of the task force, which officially ended on December 1st. And because of the task force's operations and other law enforcement agencies, there was a 77% reduction in follow-home robberies in the last year. So they touted that, but from that came uh, 122 arrests. And they say those 122 people are responsible for a total of 328 crimes committed, follow-home type crimes. That's pretty significant. And most of those were in the Hollywood and Wilshire Division areas. Were these more like gangs that were doing this, the way it's we found in other cases? All across the board, but they said that in a lot of time, a lot of times they were either part of a gang or just part of a more concerted effort among themselves. Like the three or four friends or buddies might be doing this uh, uh, with within themselves, but they're not part of a bigger group. But they were in a lot of times they they were orchestrated attacks. No. So, because I remember before the pandemic, we were even talking to you about the knock-knock robberies. Mm-hmm. Remember, people would check to see if anybody's home, and then if they didn't get an answer at the door, they'd blast their way in, grab everything they could, and run. Right. This took over for that during the... Yeah, guess, they were more brazen. They were doing it in the middle of the day. They were doing it at dusk, doing it at dark. They were doing it every time of the day and night. And there was no rhyme or reason. There didn't seem to be any kind of a peak time that this was happening. It was just locations, because... They were targeting people that were leaving typically high-end uh, establishments, or they were targeting people who were showing their bling, if you will. They were showing their expensive Rolexes and their watches and jewelry and and purses and whatnot. So that they were targeted because of what they were wearing or where they were at. This far more dangerous because if someone's going to confront you to steal the watch off your wrist or something you've got in your purse. That could result in you being hurt. I mean, if you're not home and they take stuff out of your house, that's not great. But boy, 
if you're followed home and confronted by these robbers, because I see some of the arrests included murder and attempted murder. Five are charged with murder. Uh, Nine were charged with attempted or booked for attempted murder. So five five booked for murder, nine attempted murder. Um, so is this the time to tell us that we no longer have to worry about wearing our expensive <laughs> watches or jewelry? In well, then, you know, with all this said, you know how many incidents there have been in the month of December? I mean, we're coming up on Christmas and, and Hanukkah and all the other gift giving holidays. But any idea how many incidents there have been this month so far? I just know there's been a drop, right? A big drop. There's only been one recorded follow home robbery in the city of Los Angeles, city of Los Angeles for this month to date. So they're crediting this task force for taking yeah. these people off the streets. We always say that it's usually a small number of criminals responsible for a large number of uh, crimes. And it seems like this follow-home crowd, by arresting these 120 people, they've put a dent in that yeah, operation. absolutely, because what's happened, too. Now, now, let me just be clear. is that There were 16 detectives in this task force uh, who combed through hundreds of hours of surveillance video. They used DNA, fingerprints, and the, like I said, that high-tech forensic analysis. Uh, but, but they upped and beefed up patrols. Remember, they had the horse patrols. Yeah. And they have, you know, then they had bigger presence with patrol cars. And so that was sort of the, the formula that they employed to help drop these crimes. But um, and they would target those areas on Melrose and Wilshire and those very high, high end and high trafficked uh, shopping areas um, in Hollywood as well. I don't know if you know this, but did it turn out that a lot of people, they ended up in this arrest of 120 they had a criminal record, which made it easier to track them after they no, got in the evidence. Every one of them, this was their first offense. Is that that's I'm not true? Joking. <laughs> I took you seriously there for a moment because you said it so matter of fact. I know. Sorry, but every one of them had never committed a crime never before. Committed a crime, including the five arrested for murder. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's uh, I don't know for a fact, but if uh, history or uh, you know any past. Cases like this are any uh, indication that there's probably some sort of a history, uh, some sort of a criminal history in the backgrounds of those 122 people. Um, but you, again, those 122 are responsible for 328 different crimes and robberies. Yeah, it's like three each, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you got 88 are, that were actually booked for robbery specifically and other charges. They didn't get into the other charges. but Now, can here, they do this with all the rest of the categories of crime that occur? <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing, though. So the DA's office and the, and the LAPD was trying to make a point here that the LA, uh, the LA County DA's office provided gun enhancements on the violent armed robbery components. They did, huh? Yes, they did. I thought they're against enhancements. Yeah, and not in this case. I mean, And when Chief Moore was asked that, and I remember I played that audio on your show, yeah. even Chief Moore admitted that the DA is starting to sort of change his course a bit when it comes to enhancements and going after these criminals a little harder. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Have for a good report. weekend, Ken. Uh, you Later. too, Steve Gregory. Unsolved is his show on the weekends. And, of course, he's here to talk about this LAPD task force which thinks it's made a dent in follow-home robberies with a bunch of arrests. Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Have a conversation with Brandon Judd. He's been on our show a few times over the years. He is the president of the National Border Patrol Council. That's the union for the Border Patrol agents. And man, are they feeling it these days. Uh, wait till you hear the current numbers of migrants that are flooding the U.S. border, mostly in Texas. Arizona's starting to feel the heat. And with Title 42 officially ending next week, it's going to get real ugly. We're really curious to see if the Biden administration does anything like suspending asylum claims, 
makes any move. As I mentioned before, a judge told them that they can't end the Remain in Mexico policy uh, right now, which was instituted during the Trump administration. So all that with Brandon after the news at five o'clock to be followed by the moist line rounds one and two, the final moist lines of 2022 on the John and Ken show. We'll see if they have anything to say about our vegan. Oh, I'm sure they do. Now I present to you two animal slash creature stories. One's good. One's bad. Which one do you want first? I want the good one first. You do want the good Mm -hmm. one. Well, I thought you would like this one. I thought of you immediately today. New York State is following other states such as California, and they are no longer going to allow retail pet stores. Yay! You can't. And I, I don't know what year California banned them, but I remember I used to go to the Beverly Center. Have you ever been there? The mall? Yep. And there was a pet store in there, and I did go in there occasionally. And I had mixed emotions because I like to see the puppies. Yeah. But then I'd look at their little faces, and some of them would jump up on the glass and kind of just look at me like, help, get me out of here. Oh, we're stu- I'm stuck in this tiny cage. And then you would see the sticker on the tank with the breeder name. Usually it was like Missouri or Kansas. I would sometimes look at these stickers because I'm curious, where do they get these dogs from? And it's because people want designer dogs. They want the purebred. So, you know, you can see right away, well, that's a dachshund. Uh, that's, a, that's a Labrador retriever. Um, that's not what you see in the in the shelters. <laughs> no, you don't. It's no. a terrier mix, pit bull mix, this mix, chihuahua. Now, your, yours mix. are yours are shelter dogs, right? Or are they rescues? They're rescues, yeah. And they are mixes of something. They are terrier. I think they're both they're both West Highland Terrier mixes, and I don't mixes. know what they're mixed with. Yeah, you know what? I have a Westie in my neighborhood who looks more pure Westie than yours. Yeah, it's not an insult, but that's... no, I know, no, they they're not they're not pure. Um, so I don't know what year they did that here, but I noticed one day I went back to that mall and that store was gone. So it must've been in between the times. Uh, it was also one, I think there was another one, uh, another mall on the West side. I guess I used to see these a lot. So, uh, yeah, the governor of New York signed the legislation, dogs, cats, and rabbits, uh, rabbits across New York deserve loving homes and humane treatment. Uh, we will make meaningful steps to cut down on harsh treatment and protect the welfare of animals across the state. And, of course, it targets the breeding systems. Love that. And it's been more than one time when I've said to people and I've heard stories that you can get you get a dog or, from a breeder, it can have problems because there's inbreeding. Exactly. And I actually many, many, many years ago had a Cocker Spaniel, and that was a big problem with that, with that breed. Did it die young? Yes. Yeah, usually it has like these intestinal problems or something is what I remember. And I actually did have a friend I knew that did adopt one from a breeder and that had all sorts of medical problems. It was constantly being taken into the vet to be looked at. And I always thought it had something like internal kind of problems with the with the organs and stuff because mm-hmm. of the inbreeding. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a terrible... There's uh, just too many dogs, Ken, and, sh- and cats and bunnies that, that need to be rescued. But I get it. Everybody wants those French bulldogs or their labradoodles. And unfortunately, yeah. you don't find many of those in shelters. Now, I got to tell you, my whole neighborhood is designer dogs. Oh, when I, I walk outside and see somebody walking a dog, I can tell right away what breed it is. I don't see a lot of mixes. I, I went, know that's sad, isn't it? I, I went to the farmer's market last weekend on the west side, and almost every dog there was a labradoodle, a golden doodle. Yeah, that's a designer dog. Yep. 
because people, I don't want all the fur on my furniture. So mix the breeds. I love Labradors, but they shed. <laughs> so they got the poodle in there. Right. Uh, there you go. There you go. The poodles don't really shed. And they're supposed to be hypo, hyperallergenic, hypoallergenic. Oh, right. So you're not yes. uh, sneezing all the time exactly. around and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, no, in my neighborhood, and it's a lot, a lot of French bulldogs. They are everywhere. And then now people are stealing them. I, yes. Honestly. I know. I like the French Bulldog. It's a cool dog, but... Not my favorite. I mean, they're cute, but not my favorite. Now, the sad story. Mm. And I know you grieved over this one. You probably heard that a large cylindrical aquarium at a hotel in Germany burst. It exploded. I did not hear about that. Yep. Glass, chairs, tables, and other debris (gasps) were swept out of the Dom Aquare complex which includes a Radisson Hotel, a museum, shops, and restaurants. Uh, it says, well, this is a European. A um, uh, bunch of water poured out. This uh, was a 46-foot high tank. So that must have been quite a thing. It was sort of like in a lobby area we can walk by, and, and it's cylindrical. So picture it going up, and it's round-shaped. Yeah. And 1,500 fish went flying. Oh, no. Oh, my. I can't even imagine that. The first thing most people might say was, was anybody hurt? Two people did sustain injuries from the shards of glass. What Deborah Mark might say was, are all the fish still alive? And I'm sure most of them are not. They're not, no. Some people thought a bomb exploded. There was a little bit of panic initially. Uh, Clownfish, uh, Tierra batfish, surgeonfish were in there. Some survived, but... um, uh, well, this story says none of them did, but I thought there was a report that some aquarium was going to take in the surviving fish. I don't even know how they there could be any survivors. The biggest cylindrical tank in the world. Wow. 1,500 tropical fish of 80 different species. There is something calming. You ever look at an aquarium yes. thing, like a large one? I had one, one t- at one time. Yeah, you just watch the fish swim around and around. You imagine what life would be like if that was you in a tank all day. But You get some beautiful fish. Just yeah. watch them. Yeah, it Some is. of them come up and stare at you for a moment. Right. Oh, I know. It's very calm. You kept fish captive? Okay. It really, it wasn't my tank. That's a long story. It wasn't. But I was living in a house with a fish tank. Put it that way. She regrets it, Erica. <laughs> yeah. I just had to get it in. No, it's good. You replaced John on that one nicely. She held fish captive, although it was not her tank. It was not my tank. All right, coming up next, Brandon Judd will be our guest from the National Border Patrol Council. He's the president. That's the union for Border Patrol agents to give us a firsthand look and take on what's going on at our overwhelmed borders. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus nobody wants to outlive their money but it happens especially for women that's why gamebridge offers the parity flex annuity designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero gamebridge is helping build a better financial future for women retirement income 
income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.